This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. I'm Becky Parker Geist and I'm your host. Audiobook Connection is your place to learn about the audiobook creative process and for authors to learn valuable tips on producing and marketing your audiobooks. This podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. We're going to focus today on what to do when you have writing exercises within your book. And what I mean by that is that you have designed your book such that you have these segments where you have exercises that you are expecting your reader to take time to do some writing. Let's dive in. The first and always most important thing to consider is your listener experience. Now, your listeners are going to be having a wide variety of experiences just circumstantially, and that's what's going to largely impact how we proceed. Because we want to make sure that we're inclusive, we're crafting our instructions such that every person in all the different situations that they're in are going to know how to respond to the audiobook instructions. This means that we need to create broad categories of how people may respond or be able to respond so that we can most quickly and efficiently deliver those instructions, know how to craft them, and then be able to move forward into the writing exercise part of your book. When you come up to an exercise in a written book, the call to action for the reader is typically something along the lines of grab a journal, or you may have it set up such that there are lines within the book, so you're expecting people to write in the book itself, or you may be encouraging them to use a computer Or you might just not even address the question of the physicality of how they're going to respond with this writing, just that they're going to do some writing. Regardless of whether you choose to include that piece or not, the typical instruction is going to be to write something in response to whatever the prompt is. So with the audiobook, we have a different kind of situation, typically. There will be times when you're going to have listeners who are in a position to be able to do some writing. And you can, again, either 
direct them with how you're suggesting they write or not. If you have strong reason for encouraging them, for example, to use a journal or paper and pencil because of the actual physical experience of writing and how that is different from typing, then that's fine. If you don't really care which way they go in terms of their method, also fine. But this is going to be a part of your thinking in how you craft the instructions for your audiobook as well. So again, you may have people who are ready and able to do the exercise in the moment. That's one category of listener. So you're going to want to list out the categories, potentially, of listeners and how you want them each to respond. Another category of listeners are going to be those that may just think about the instructions now and write them later. So these are people who are going to be able to do this writing exercise in their minds initially, and then later you're going to be encouraging them to come back and do it in writing if that's important. And the third category is going to be those that are not going to be able to do it now at all. We're not even going to encourage them to think about it right now. We are only going to be asking them to come back to it at another time. You might include this third category or not. You really want to think about what's appropriate for your exercises. As a general rule, I encourage going in the direction of having instructions for those who can do it right now and those who will just think about it right now and invite them to come back to the exercise later to do it in full as mapped out. And there's something I want to highlight right here. It's, I think, extremely important to not choose the option of just pause the recording until you can get around to this exercise. Here's the reason why. If you tell your listeners to stop the recording until they can get around to it, let's say, for example, they tend to listen to audiobooks in the car. Well, if you have them stop and then they get back in the car and they go to play it again, they go, oh, yeah, I can't do this right now, and they, they stop it again, they're basically going to move on to some other book and probably not come back to yours. That's not going to benefit them, and it's not going to benefit you. So the best thing is if we are not telling them to stop and wait, we're going to invite them to just think about it, and we're going to invite them to have a fuller experience with it later. We can alternatively, if it really feels like, ah, you know, I don't even want them to just think about it, we can create an option for them to skip ahead to the next track. And I'd like to encourage you to really think about the value of having your listener just think about the questions and the prompts that you're providing. It's a great way to get the process started for them, to provide value in the moment, even if you've designed it as a writing exercise, 
and it doesn't get carried out in full as that writing exercise. It gives your listener some more options and it keeps them with you. So I want to really encourage your thinking around that as that there is value to be had in just the thinking part. Assuming that you are going to provide the opportunity for them to find this as an exercise on your website, either as a text document and or as an audio experience, then you're going to be needing to include in your instructions where they can find the materials that you're offering. For branding purposes, it's really good to include your website and then just do a page on the website, of course, and also to make whatever that slug, that last piece on it so that your URL for the audio resources page or whatever you call it is really easy to remember. Keep in mind that especially those people who are not in a position to do that writing right now are maybe just as not in a position to be able to write down your website. So make sure it's really easy for them to remember how to find it. Let's take a short pause. And when we come back, we're going to talk about more about the crafting of that instruction. And I'll provide some examples that will also be available in our show notes to help you know what to write in those instructions so that your narrator will know exactly what to read when they get into production. Here at Pro Audio Voices, we love working with authors who have a big goal in mind. They really want to reach out to their audience around the world. We're here to help make that happen. It starts with our pre-production process, where we're evaluating and determining what elements of the audiobook we can leverage to both create an excellent listener experience for your listeners, as well as drawing them to your website to engage with you further. It continues on through the production process, making decisions that will enhance and support your big goals, as well as creating a great listener experience. But we don't stop there. Once the audiobook is live, we move on to helping you market your audiobook with the Audiobook Marketing Program. Come check us out at ProAudioVoices.com. To schedule a call to talk about your audiobook project, click on Get Started. And we're back. Let's talk about the crafting of this message for your listeners. First of all, before we dive fully into that, I want to point out that one of the great benefits of having these written exercises in your book and doing an audiobook version of these is that it's another enticement to come to your website. You can use these exercises, either the audio or the text, as a lead magnet, possibly, if that feels appropriate. And for the audio, you can actually create a standalone product that may be really beneficial to some of your other customers that don't even know about the audiobook yet. But these audio standalone products of exercises could become a great way to then feed back from a marketing perspective to then encourage sales on the audiobook. 
So there are a lot of benefits that come from doing this kind of approach with your audiobook that has writing exercises in it. Okay, now here I want to give you a couple examples of how we might craft an instruction for a writing exercise. If you are not in a situation in which you can do some writing now, just take the time to listen and reflect on the questions. I've made this exercise available for you on my website at website.com, so you can come back to it later. I even added a surprise bonus goodie for you as an extra reward for giving yourself the gift of coming back to this exercise. What I want to point out about what I did in this description with adding that bonus goodie as a surprise is that it's an additional incentive to have your listeners show up at your website, take the time. If you want to tell them what that bonus goodie is, that's fine. But some people really like a surprise and may feel even additional enticement just to go unwrap that present and find out what it is. Now, of course, you're going to need to figure out what you can offer, but I'm going to leave that to you. If it doesn't feel like it's a good fit for you, then, of course, you don't need to include it. Now we're going to do another version. Now keep in mind that all we have done so far with that first example is we have addressed the group of people that are not in a situation where they can do the writing now and where we want to encourage them to just listen. But we need to include also instructions for people in the other categories. In a situation where you may want them to skip ahead to the next track, it might read something like this. If you're not in a situation in which you can do some writing now, feel free to skip ahead to the next track. I've made this exercise available to you on my website at website.com, so you can come back to it later. I even added a special surprise bonus goodie for you as an extra reward for giving yourself the gift of coming back to this exercise. This version is almost the same as the first. It's just changing that instruction in the beginning. Now we want to also include the group of people for whom this is a good time. For these folks, we may include an instruction something like this. If this is a good time, grab a journal or something to write with and a writing utensil. Or you can do this on your computer. You can also find this exercise written out on my website. By letting them know that it is also available as a text version, for some people that may be really helpful. Many folks are very visually oriented. That's the way that they take in sensory information most easily. And that's the way that they perhaps may learn the best. So it's great to include both, make both available for them. Here's another piece of your instruction that you may want to include. Something along these lines. As we move through the exercise, we'll have meditative music while you think or write. If you need more time, 
Just pause the recording and then restart when you're ready. I do very strongly recommend that when you're going to provide the time for someone to have think time or have writing time, that you do underscore that with some kind of music that's going to support the process. It helps them stay with the process. It helps them to know that it's not just that the audio has stopped or that there's anything wrong, especially if you want to give them more time rather than a shorter time. And depending on the kind of music that you use, it may even be supportive in terms of like if you use theta wave music, for example, it can help with the uh, the brain waves that are engaged in the process. One of the issues that you'll need to make a decision about for this is actually really in the post-production part of the project after it's been recorded usually, but determining the length of time for those pauses that's going to be appropriate for your listener. This can be tricky. And the reason is because you're trying to find the balance for these multiple groups. Here's what I recommend. Use a pause length that is going to be or feel about right for the people who are just going to listen, not be writing in the moment. You may have noticed that in that last little example segment that I gave, I did suggest that they could pause the recording. And the difference between what I gave as a warning earlier on in this episode and that instruction is that it's just about the amount of time that they need. It is not about pausing the recording until they can come back to do it later. Big, big difference. And then the last piece I want to cover in today's episode is about then the reminder later in the book about where they can find the materials on your website. Yes, you're going to give that information at the moment where the exercises are, but I think it is also really important to remind them at the end of the audiobook where they can find those resources, because it is most likely that that's the point at which they're going to be ready to come back to your website, do the exercises that they maybe did or partially did or didn't do earlier on in the audiobook, and that that is also the point at which they're going to be ready to re-engage or continue the journey with you. It's a great time to have them come to your website. Now, one way to do that, of course, is just include the website address. If you have some kind of marketing program, like a text marketing program, where you just tell them, just text to this number and we'll send you, you know, whatever, that would be a great way to approach this. As long as that information is not going to become quickly obsolete. So if it's program, a marketing program that you have a long-term planned commitment to, then that can be a great way to use it. Otherwise, you're probably going to be better off just using your website. 
If you would like to use the text marketing, but you are not certain, you know, yes, maybe it will become obsolete, just always make sure you include your website as well. And that way you have yourself covered and your listeners covered. The point here is you want to make it as easy as possible for your listeners. That's going to provide them the best listener experience. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you have questions about your book, where there are exercises in them or other visual materials, really anything that you have questions about with your audiobook, I hope you'll reach out to us at proaudiovoices.com. We love talking with authors and helping them turn their obstacles into opportunities. Have an awesome day. Thanks for joining us for Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. Please take a moment to subscribe at audiobookconnection.com. The podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Learn more at proaudiovoices.com. Again, thanks for being with us, and please join us next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.